0: what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear someone say microorganisms diseases sick people doctors hospitals led by or red all This kind of perception is definitely not without a reason. From the age-old cholera to the seasonal flu, to the latest scare we are living through, the COVID pandemic, pathogens like bacteria and viruses have been responsible for so many deaths over the years that even a mention of some diseases, like the plague for example, is used as a curse. That's how influential microbes have been in shaping the course of history, sometimes even wiping out entire cities. But what if I tell you that microbes are actually necessary for us to stay healthy? That there are 10 times more microbial genes in our body than our own and diseases happen when this balance is disturbed. Hello and Namaste. You are listening to Science Factory. I am Madhavan. We publish a new episode here every week discussing interesting concepts and research from the world of biology and medicine. If that's something you are interested in, please subscribe to Science Factory on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Jio Savan, Ghana or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. In this episode, we are going deep into the world of microorganisms that live in our body. Microorganisms or microbes are generally defined as those organisms that cannot be seen with the naked eye But only through a microscope. These include organisms like bacteria, algae, fungi, protozoans. Though viruses are generally not considered as living organisms, they too are studied as microorganisms. By some recent estimates, for every 10 human cells, there are about 13 microbial cells in our body. These microbes are present in almost every organ of the body. The total microbial population living in our body is called the microbiota and the total collection of their genes. Uh, Genes are the parts of DNA in a cell that have the code to make proteins. The collection of all the microbial genes in our body is called the microbiome. There are about 20,000 to 30,000 human genes in our body. By comparison, it is estimated that our bodies have as many as 3 lakh microbial genes, which means our body has as many as 10 times more microbial genes than our own. A healthy human body is a combination of these two, the human cells and the microbial cells. Any disturbance in this balance is called dysbiosis. And it is this dysbiosis that results in the many diseases in our body. The microbiome in each part of our body is different and specific to that part of the body, that is the, the group of microorganisms in the skin are different from those in the mouth and these are different from those in the stomach which are different from that those in the nose. The composition of the microbial variety in each part of the body is its signature and no two individuals have a similar microbial signature, not even identical twins. Just like fingerprints are used to identify a person, microbiome too can be used. At this point, you might be wondering Where do the microorganisms in our body come from in the first place? We acquire the microbiome for the first time during birth. As the fetus passes through the birth canal, some of the microbes in the mother's body hop on to the baby. For children who are born through cesarean section, their first exposure uh, to the microbes happens through the mother's skin. Immediately following birth, the microbiome changes rapidly. During breastfeeding, microbes from the mother's skin. As the baby interacts with other people, the microbes from their skin, the microbes from the environment that the baby lives and plays in, all become part of the baby's microbiome. As the baby starts consuming different types of food, the microbiome in the stomach also changes accordingly. Same with the changes in the environment. If someone moves from one place to another, they are exposed to a different set of microbes and the microbiome changes. At about two and a half to three years after birth, the microbiome generally stabilizes. When I say it stabilizes, that doesn't mean the microbiome remains stagnant for the rest of the person's life. It does keep changing in response to the different factors, but in a subtle way. Probably the biggest contributor to changes in microbiome is the use of medicines, especially antibiotics frequent and indiscriminate use of antibiotics has clearly been shown to cause long term changes in the stomach microbiome composition. So then what does microbiome do? Why do we need a healthy microbiome? There are many types of food material that we consume, but we do not have the enzymes in our body to digest them, for example, starch or fibers in our food. The microbes that are there in our digestive system provide the enzymes required to digest them. It will not be wrong to say that if not for the microbes in our stomach and intestine, our food choices will be severely limited. Digestion of fibers by the microbiota helps us in other ways also. The fermentation of the dietary fibers by the enzymes of microbes in the colon releases a type of molecules called the short chain fatty acids. This results in the colon becoming more acidic, which prevents harmful bacteria from growing and causing disease. The short chain fatty acids also play a role in activation of immune system, maintaining blood sugar and also good mental health. Research shows that reduced or absent gut microbiota not only results in behavioral changes like anxiety or depression, But also biochemical changes in the brain, such as in the level of serotonin that is involved in modulation of stress and anxiety. Then what can we do to maintain a healthy microbiome? The most obvious thing is to avoid unnecessary and frequent use of antibiotics. Like I just said, indiscriminate use of antibiotics is the most important reason for deterioration of gut microbiota. We should also not make any drastic and sudden changes to our regular diet. Any changes should be measured and gradual, including probiotics and prebiotic food items in our our diet will also help in maintaining a healthy microbiome. Prebiotics are fiber rich food materials like leafy vegetables and cucumber. And probiotics are food items like curd, which contain live friendly bacteria like the lactobacillus. These types of foods help in replenishing our gut microbiome. Then what is the final takeaway from this episode? Remember that microbes are not always harmful or disease causing. They are as much an essential part of our body as any other type of human cells. It is the disturbance in the natural microbial composition that results in diseases. Therefore, it's important to maintain a healthy microbiome for a healthy body. That's all in this episode of Science Factory. Hope you found it useful. If you like what you heard, share this with your friends and family. Subscribe to Science Factory on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, GeoSavan, Ghana or any other app where you get podcasts. Till the next time, stay safe, stay healthy and be happy.